Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. with Wings Productions presents episode 22 of the Skylark Bell Wingspan. I'm your host, Melissa Oliveri. In our previous episode, Magpie and Julian Sarcel spent some time together, and Lucas met Farfalla Shearwater at last. In today's episode, we read chapter 22, Goodbye Gemma, in which Magpie flies back to Pocket to visit her mother, and attend a memorial for someone very special. Be sure to stay tuned at the end of this episode for an introduction to a podcast I quite enjoy called The Nightcap. Now it's time to settle in, grab a blanket and a warm drink, and let's get started. Magpie sits up in bed and looks around at the walls of her old room. It feels like she's traveled back in time. The room strangely feels both foreign and familiar. This is Magpie's first time back in Pocket since she and Lucas set off for Carnifex's house three years ago. It is a bittersweet return. Lucas's grandmother, Gemma, has passed away, and Magpie has flown in to pay her respects. The smell of pancakes rouses Magpie from her bed. She throws on a bathrobe and slippers and heads downstairs to the kitchen. Good morning, sweet bird, says Mrs. Phaeton. Hi, Mom. This smells amazing. What are you making? asks Magpie, suppressing a yawn as she takes a seat on one of the stools at the kitchen island. I made blackberry chocolate chip pancakes, Gemma's specialty, says her mom a nostalgic and sad smile on her face. Magpie presses her lips together, feeling the lump in her throat. It's so sad she died never knowing what happened to Lucas. I feel so guilty, says Magpie, her voice cracking with emotion. Oh, honey, I agree it's incredibly tragic, but it's not your fault. You've done everything you can. And she never stopped being grateful that Lucas had you in his life. She always held hope that he would someday return. And I do too, says her mom, coming around the counter to give her a warm, comforting hug. They eat their breakfast, catching up on local gossip. Then Magpie heads back upstairs to get ready for the service. She digs her shoes out of her suitcase, 
then opens the door to her closet to grab her dress. She sees the opening at the back of the closet that leads to the attic, and the memory of her and Lucas climbing up those stairs seizes her heart like a clenched fist. Tears instantly spring up into her eyes, but she blinks them back decisively. This trip is going to be difficult. There will be many hard moments to come. She will have to work hard to keep it together. Ready to go? asks her mom gently as Magpie is coming down the stairs. Magpie nods and they head out to the car. The memorial service is being held on the front lawn of the library in downtown Pocket. As they pull up, Magpie realizes that every resident of Pocket seems to be in attendance, as well as some people she doesn't recognize, who have probably come from the neighboring town of Brighthaven, where Gemma volunteered at a nursing home for several years. They sit and listen as person after person steps up to share their memories of Gemma. Magpie ponders stepping up as well, but she just doesn't feel like she can do it without breaking down. So she sits quietly and listens to everyone else's stories. As the service is coming to an end, Mr. Swift claps his hands and uses his booming voice to inform the crowd that refreshments are available inside the school for those who want to keep sharing their memories of Gemma. Would you like to go? asks Mrs. Phaeton. I suppose I should. I don't know what to expect, though. Do you think... Do you think people blame me for Lucas's disappearance? She asks, a small tremor in her voice. Oh, love, of course not. All this time I've only ever heard people sympathize. When I run into people in town, they always ask how you're doing and ask me to pass along their best wishes. You have nothing to be afraid of, replies Mrs. Phaeton in a soothing tone. With that... They make their way to the school cafeteria, where an unending spread of homemade baked goods and sandwiches covers several of the long tables. Everyone in town has come together to honor Grandma Gemma's memory, and Magpie feels a warmth in her heart. She stops to chat with Mr. Bunting from the general store. Then Mr. and Mrs. Tofetto stop by to shake her hand and ask about life in Scotland. Across the room, Magpie spots the old waitress from the diner, who musters up the friendliest nod she can. Magpie is tremendously relieved by the kindness being shown to her by everyone in town. With all the socializing, I didn't get a chance to eat. What do you say we grab some lunch at the early bird? asks Mrs. Phaeton. Perfect, replies Magpie turning her face to the sun as she and her mom start walking down the main road toward the restaurant. Magpie soaks in the sights and, more importantly, the sounds of Pocket. She recalls that fateful day when the silence started spreading from Meadow Lane toward the town, the day she entered the house on Meadow Lane to find and ring the Skylark Bell. She lets her mind drift for a while, lost in a swirl of memories. Magpie startled out of her reverie by the sound of the bell above the door as she and her mom walk into the diner. They sit in the booth at the way back of the dining room, the same one Farfalla was sitting in the last time Magpie saw her. First, blackberry chocolate chip pancakes, 
Now blackberry waffles and sweet orange tea, giggles Magpie. That's what I call indulging. She and her mom enjoy a genuine laugh. It feels great to be together again. Mrs. Phaeton visited Magpie in the weeks following Lucas's disappearance. But the past year and a half has been a whirlwind as she worked at converting the house at Meadow Lane into an artist's retreat and gallery. What became of Farfalla's house? asks Magpie, suddenly remembering the small house around the corner from Tofetto's bakery. Oh, the loveliest young family moved in, the Jacanas. They have two little girls and one boy, just the sweetest kids you'll ever meet, answers her mom. They have taken over making blackberry jam and selling it at the market. And Mr. Jacana also builds birdhouses and other wooden decorations. He's very talented. They finish their food and Mrs. Phaeton settles up with the waitress before they start walking back to the old farmhouse. Tomorrow I'll show you around Meadow Lane. You won't believe how different it looks after all the renovations. I've got an author and a musician staying there right now. It's a lot of fun sitting and chatting with them in the evenings when I bring dinner over, says Mrs. Phaeton. But for now, I think it's time to go to Gemma's house. In her will, she stated you could choose any belongings you like. Then the house will be sold and the proceeds sent to the nursing home at Brighthaven. Magpie gets a solemn look on her face. Her mom had explained the arrangement to her over the phone before she left Carnifex's house. But she had pushed any thoughts of going through Gemma's house, Lucas's house, to the back of her mind. Now she and her mother find themselves at the bottom of the driveway next to the mailbox with the name Starling printed on it. Magpie stretches out her hand and runs her fingers over the letters. This is the exact spot where she first met Lucas all those years ago. She bites her lip, fighting the lump rising in her throat and the tears threatening to spill over her eyelids. Her mom, sensing the sadness emanating from her, grabs her hand and gives it a gentle squeeze before guiding her up to the front door of the house. They take their time going from room to room, starting with the second floor bedrooms. Magpie collects a few things from Lucas's old room, his high school diploma, the rubber boots he always wore on their excursions. She notices a small stuffed bear sitting on the bed. You look like you're waiting for Lucas to return, she says, picking it up gently. Oh, aren't we all, she sighs, holding the bear tightly to her chest before putting it into her bag of keepsakes. In Gemma's room, she chooses a beautiful pastel silk scarf that she remembers Gemma wearing at their high school graduation. On the main floor, she walks through the living room, not feeling a particular attachment to anything. But a book on the bookshelf catches her eye. She places her finger at the top of the spine and pulls it out. It is a brown leather-bound book, admittedly very old, with the Sky Lark Bell written on it in gold letters. Magpie gasps, remembering an old dream she had of a woman at Meadow Lane reading this book to her children. She pushes the book back onto the shelf, not wanting to bring something home with her that causes such chills down her spine. 
Almost done? asks Mrs. Phaeton, walking in from the dining room. Just about. I just wanted to walk through the kitchen. Maybe hang on to that pancake griddle, says Magpie with a wink. Sounds good. I'll wait for you outside. Take your time, says her mom, giving her a kiss on the cheek before walking out the front door. Magpie walks into the kitchen, running her hand along the counter where Lucas had slid a plate of pancakes toward her the very first time she came to this house. It takes her a few tries, but she finally finds the cupboard that houses the pancake griddle and carefully slips it out. All right, that's it, I guess, she says out loud, her words echoing around the empty room. Magpie is just about to leave when she remembers the collection of old photographs on the kitchen wall, where a photo of Marius Corbeau once stopped her in her tracks. It was just after she'd had that vision of Marius falling off his horse at Mirror Pond during a snowstorm. Magpie looks at the photo now, leaning in more closely and taking her time. The horse. The man. If Lucas was just a few years older than the last time she saw him, his hair a little longer, if he was about the age he would be now. A shudder runs through Magpie as something dawns on her. Marius doesn't just look like Lucas. They could practically be the same person. Thank you so much for listening. Join me next week for Wingspan Chapter 23, The Birthday Bell, where Lucas visits the Shearwaters at Meadow Lane to celebrate Farfalla's birthday. The Skylark Bell is brought to you by Phaeton Starling Publishing and features original music by Canal. If you're enjoying this story, please consider leaving a rating on Spotify or a review on Apple Podcasts. They help give the podcast visibility so others can find and enjoy the story. You can also support my work via a donation or by subscribing to my Patreon, where you get early access to episodes as well as MP3 downloads of the music and much more. Just check the show notes for links to Patreon, my official website, and all my social media accounts. Before I go, I'd like to share this reel for a podcast I quite enjoy called The Nightcap. Listen to tales of the unusual and unexplained. If you enjoy the strange atmosphere of the Skylark Bell, you'll definitely want to check them out. Greetings, friends. Do you have a taste for the unknown? Are your days plagued with thoughts of the strange and morbid? Has your bloodlust for knowledge of the most sadistic killers that has ever walked the earth ever been satisfied? If not, then I'm here to help. Welcome to the Nightcap, where nothing is taboo and the topics are always fresh. Join me by the fire on the first of every month for tales of terror and stories of the sadistic. Learn why your neighbor might be hiding a horrible secret or if that conspiracy theory you thought was false 
turned out to be real. Whatever your dark desire, I have what you need. You can find me on Spotify, Radio Public, and Anchor with more ways to listen coming soon. Without further ado, be safe, stay curious, and now, back to your program. Once again, thank you for listening. I'm Melissa Oliveri, writer, host, producer, and composer of all music for this, the Skylark Bell Podcast. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.